Well, this is a fantastic opportunity for us to usher in not only a new year, a new outlook perhaps with some of us, a lot of new things are going on in this coming year. And I'm excited that God would allow me to live 2020 to see it ushered in and to just experience whatever he has for us day in and day out. Amen? Oh, man, I can't wait. It's going to be a great year. I know that God has things that we have no knowledge of that he is going to give us. But you know the way I look at it each day is a gift from God to us. And what we do with that day is our gift back to him. So, let's look at Philippians 3, verses 12 and following. The Apostle Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. A new year. Most of us have outlived resolutions. I don't make New Year's resolutions anymore, you know. There are just, I feel like the guy that wrote this. He says, my goal for 2020 is to accomplish the goals of 2019, which I should have done in 2018 because I made a promise in 2017 and planned it in 2016. I don't know why that sounds like me, but it does. You know, some of you feel like you've planned a lot of things, you, you've tried to do certain things this past year to no avail. I mean, you, you've attempted things perhaps, and you just seem like you have fallen short in a lot of your endeavors. Uh, Ron Hudson and I are strong fans of Charles Schultz and Peanuts. I love Charlie Brown. Well, on this particular comic strip, there's Lucy in her psychiatric help booth. You know, five cents. The doctor is in. She's behind the booth. Charlie Brown comes to her for some advice. He's having a hard time with his life. Lucy looks at him and she says, Sometimes I feel that we are not communicating. You, Charlie Brown, are a foul ball in the line drive of life. She continues and she says, you're in the shadow of your own goalpost. You are a miscue. You are three putts on the 18th green. You are a 7-10 split in the 10th frame. A love set. You have dropped a rod and reel in the lake of life. You are a missed free throw, a shanked nine iron, and a call third strike. Then she looks at him and she said, Do you understand? Have I made myself clear? Charlie Brown looks back at her and yells, Just wait till next year. <laughs> well, next year. And here we are in that next year. 
I want you to see certain things about the Apostle Paul that are appropriate for us in facing the future as individuals and as a church family. I'm reminded of the story that came out of the Coast Guard of a a boat with a broken rudder which had its distress signal answered by the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard responded by saying, how many aboard? The response came back, three adults. Any children, said the Coast Guard. The response, right now, we are all children. Well, some of us feel that way, I think. Sometimes we feel that that we are in a helpless situation. Sometimes we might feel that we're in a hopeless stance. And yet, we know ultimately that God has this under control. However, there are those of us, perhaps in this congregation and in listening to this particular message that feel like, well, you know, I've been there, I've done that, I've got the T-shirt. Is there anything that can surprise me for year 2020? I mean, anything at all? I've done all that I can imagine that can be done. So what else is there? Well, look with me, if you will, at the Apostle Paul. First thing I want you to see is the fact that he gets it. He gets it in verse 12 and 13. He says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. And in verse 13 he says, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it. Well, in other words, I haven't arrived. But you've got to be patient with me because God is not finished with me yet. I'm a work in progress is what Paul is saying. You and I should say the same thing. It's not that we've been there and done that. It's all over. It's that we, you and I, are a work in progress, and God's not finished with us yet. We haven't obtained it all yet. We're not made perfect yet. We're not in His presence in eternity yet. So the redemption process is an ongoing thing. So here we are. He gets it. Paul gets it. He understands that that Jesus knows what He wants each of us to be. He is that master potter and we are that lump of clay being fashioned into a vessel that the potter has in mind for us to become. And He continues to work through our imperfections making us into that vessel that He so desires for each and every one of us to be. And so it is that work in progress that we need to focus on, but we focus on the potter. The clay focuses on the potter. He's not there because he still doesn't understand the Lord's perception and purpose for his life. You know, my days, uh, I tell all of our new member classes, my days are always this uh, categorization, this agenda that I, I write out every morning, and then I itemize it. I do all those wonderful things about time and management. And then... Uh, about 8 o'clock, the phone rings, and I throw the agenda away because things begin to break loose that I hadn't planned for. And so it is that, I, and, and it's that not that I've already taken hold of it, I would say with the Apostle Paul. I've not already obtained it. I've not already been made perfect. I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it yet. But it's a, I'm a work in progress. And this whole salvation story that God is about on planet Earth is a work in progress. It's not completed yet. It won't be until the Lord returns 
in his second time. And so when that happens, then we can begin to see the culmination of all the redemption story playing out to its climax. And so the Apostle Paul gets it. Well, verse 13, he says, but one thing I do. What's that one thing you want to be known for? What is the one thing that you'd like to see Trinity Baptist Church known for? What's the one thing, if, if I were to ask one of your friends, your neighbors, about you, what's the one thing that you remember about that particular person? What would it be? The Apostle Paul says, I want to be a one-thing person. One thing I do. What is that for you? Well, one of, my, one of the movies I really enjoy is a movie called City Slickers. Some of you have seen it. Billy Crystal, Jack Palance. Jack Palance is priceless. And uh, he's just one of a kind. That's just all there is to it. But in that movie, Palance and Crystal are riding slowly across the range on horseback discussing life and love, if you can imagine. Here's Billy Crystal. He's a city slicker from Los Angeles. Every year during, for his vacation, he tries to figure out some place to go that he hasn't ever been to before for the experience. And he decides he wants to go to a dude ranch for this particular experience. So as they're discussing life and love, Palance plays a wily cowpoke, excuse me, while Crystal is a tenderfoot from Los Angeles who has paid for a two-week dude ranch vacation. Of course, he gets more than he bargained for, and in the process, Crystal learns something important about himself. And as they're out on that range riding horseback, herding cows, they get into this conversation. Talent says, cowboys lead a different kind of life. When there were cowboys, they're a dying breed, he said. Still means something to me, though. In a couple of days, we'll move this herd across the river, drive them through the valley. Ah, there's nothing like bringing in the herd, he says. Billy Crystal says, you see, that's great. Your life makes sense to you. Palance laughs, and Crystal says, what, what, what's so funny? Palance said, you city folk, you worry a lot, don't you? How old are you, 38? Crystal says, 39. Palance responds by saying, yeah, you all come out here about the same age, same problems, spend 50 weeks a year getting knots in your rope, then, well, then you think two weeks up here will untie them for you. None of you get it. Do you know what the secret of life is? Billy Crystal says, no, what? Palance holds up a finger and says, this. Crystal says, your finger? Palance says, one thing, just one thing, you stick to that and nothing else matters. So Billy Crystal says, that's great, but what's that one thing? Palance says, that's what you've got to figure out. And that's what you and I have to figure out, and that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to figure out. What's that one thing that you're so focused on that it drives your life 
David had it right in Psalms 27.4. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Then we see that situation in Luke 10 where Martha is busy about her household chores and, and doing the food preparation and so forth in the kitchen. Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Martha's complaining. Jesus responds to Martha by saying, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. One thing. What is that one thing in your life? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want people to say about you? What is that one thing that tends to to really drive you, that really floats your boat out there? What is that one thing that as you begin to think about it for the year 2020 that is going to define your life? One thing. The Apostle Paul said, one thing I do. This is what I do. And how does he arrive at it? First of all, he says, I forget what lies behind. In verse 13. So the first thing he does is put the past behind him with all of its mistakes and all of its failures and all of its grievances and all of those things. The things that we did uh, against others, the things that others did against us. It is all of those things that we attempted to no avail. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's, it's uh, past sin that we're just having a hard time overcoming. And we are not relying on God's grace enough in that stead. Maybe it's something that, that you and I have, have looked at as, as a church family. Maybe it's something that we missed opportunities Maybe it was that person that we failed to tell about Jesus that went on to be with the Lord or wherever they went. Maybe it was that testimony that we failed to give to somebody else about our relationship with Jesus Christ that for some reason just didn't get told. I don't know what it could be, but what is it? And whatever it is, are you able to forget what lies behind? Are you able to leave the past in the past and not ever bring up the failures, and all of those things again. There's a reason why God's created us in our human anatomy to be forward-looking. We don't have eyes in the back of our head for a reason. We look forward. We are designed by God to be forward-looking people. God says to Isaiah, Isaiah 43, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Luke 9:62, Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. My grandfather used to tell me that when you hook up a plow to a mule, whatever you do, you focus on that fence post or that tree or that, that visual thing to make sure that the, the row, especially the first row, is straight. You don't look back because when you look back, you tend to, Take the plow with you, and your rows become unstraight. So, we're designed, and Jesus said, we don't look back. We learn from the past, but we don't live in it. We learn from the mistakes of the past, but we don't dwell in them either. Some years ago at the Conference of Governors, a question was raised 
What is the greatest thing in the world? The response? The greatest thing in the world is that we can walk away from yesterday. Boy, isn't that a great thing? How does the Scripture put it? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Every day is a new day. Every sunrise is God's gift to us to say it's a brand spanking new day. My gift to you. And I reiterate, what we do with that day is our gift back to God. So it is that experience. It was in 1871 at the fire of Chicago that leveled a strip five miles long and one mile wide. One survivor, William D. Kerfoot, wrote, quote, all lost except children, wife, and energy, end quote. Well, that's the way we approach a new day. That's the way we approach a new year. That's the way we approach new opportunities. We still have that energy that we're willing to expend for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ and for Him alone. And so we have that energy as a congregation, as a church family, as an individual. We've got the energy. And we forget the successes as well. Now, that's difficult for some of us. I mean, there's that hole-in-one. There's that, that 300 game in bowling. There's whatever the case might be. There's all these successes in the past. We tend to put our trophies on the shelf and our awards on the wall. And yet, what the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm forgetting all these things behind me. I'm taking all my trophies down. I'm taking all my awards down. I'm putting them away because I'm going to be focused on what God is going to do in the days yet to come. That's our focus, that Vision 2020. That's our focus. And to achieve the things that the Lord has laid out before us is going to require a measure of faith, folks. It's going to require us to be faithful to Him in everything that we do. Next few weeks we'll address that even further. So we forget the things that are behind, both the failures and the successes, the things that have been achieved, We've had a great year as a congregation, folks. We've had people come to know the Lord. We've had people that have seen their lives turned over in faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. We've seen things transpire here. People reach the community as taking notice of things that the Lord is doing in and through Trinity Baptist Church. Great things. We've seen mission endeavors. We've seen experiences overseas that, that uh, God is blessing beyond measure. And yet... We take those successes and put them behind us as well. And we begin to focus on a brand spanking new year. Well, focus on your future in Jesus. He says, I forget what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on. That word straining and pressing on is the word used of an Olympic athlete. You see them in slow motion in the Olympics when they're endeavoring to make that that perfect mount on, on, uh, in gymnastics or, or that perfect move or, or straining toward that tape in, in uh, a race or whatever they're doing. It's that pitcher throwing that, that perfect pitch and you see that slow motion where every sinew in his face and body becomes 
uh, exposed, and, and it's that concentration. It is that image that Paul is, is trying to put before us as an Olympic athlete. I strain toward what's ahead. I press on toward the goal. Henry Ward Beecher put it this way, Every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of anxiety or the handle of faith. Exactly right. When you wake up in the morning, it's a brand new day. You can either seize it for the Lord through the handle of faith, or you can have turmoil and lack of peace through the handle of anxiety. The decision is is ours. Do we want to place our faith in the Lord or put our hope in ourselves? Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Habakkuk 1.5 says, Look among the nations, observe, be astonished, wonder, because I am doing something in your day that you would not even believe though you were told. Well, I get wire service all the time through these different religious news uh, wires. And I see what God is doing in places that all you hear on, on secular media is the turmoil in these nations. You ought to read what God is doing among Christians in Iran, in Iraq, in Somalia, in Sudan, and throughout the world. I see one wire that says the Chinese government is really putting a hammer down on Christians in their country. And yet, the more the hammer comes down, the greater it spreads. It just splats throughout the country. And that's exactly what happens. God says, I'm doing something in your day that you would not even believe, though you were told. He's not going to explain it to us because of that reason. We're so jaded in our own human uh, finiteness, our limited understanding, that we would look at God and say, no, I don't believe that. I can't believe that, that, that all that's going on. I can't believe these things that you're, you're saying are being accomplished throughout the world, and yet they are. Press on. The Bible tells us, Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. You notice? There's a theme there. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. So what is God saying to us? He's saying simply this. I'm going to show you something, but you've got to see it through the eyes of faith. We're not going to unveil it all at once. We're going to do this on a daily basis. Why? Because you don't have tomorrow. All I'm giving you, God says, is today. You don't have yesterday. It's gone. You don't have tomorrow. You never will have tomorrow. You have today. I'm going to unveil it to you in a way that you can comprehend it. I'll go slow. God says, I'll make it easy for you. But it's got to be seen through the eyes of faith. We take hold of it either with the handle of anxiety or the handle of faith. We have that option. We have that assurance. It reminds me, years ago, there was a father in the Bahamas that discovered his two-story home was engulfed in flames. He gathered his wife and several children together, as, and as they were escaping the flames, his smallest boy became terrified 
and ran back upstairs. Outside, his father shouted to him, Jump, son. Jump. I'll catch you. The boy cried out, But, Daddy, I I can't see you. The father says, I know, but I can see you. There are times in our lives when, when we understand Sometimes we want to jump, but we can't really see God. When you can't trace His hand, you just trust His heart. You understand His promises. You understand His Word. You immerse yourself in His Word and through conversation and prayer. And we begin to understand what God is all about through that process. Well, some are here today, and whatever the case might be, it may be because of medical issues, it may be health issues. It may be relationships that are falling apart. It may be something in your life that you just can't see. And you wake up in the morning and say, but God, I, I can't see it, what you're doing. And God says, you go ahead and grab this by the handle of faith. I can see you. Jump. I can see you. Jump. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're listening to this broadcast and, You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. How are you going to usher in 2020? Through the eyes of faith or the doubt and failure that you've experienced already before? Maybe you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you've never followed through with public profession of faith or baptism by immersion which is a symbol of all that we have experienced in Christ Jesus. And it is your public testimony about what God has done in your life. This is your opportunity to do just that today. Start out the new year right. Some of you are looking to join this church family. You're looking for a church home. I don't know of anywhere I'd rather serve than Trinity Baptist Church. We have a great church family. We have opportunities for you to serve the Lord in whatever capacity you feel led. And for all of us, it's a time of renewal for this new year, 2020, that has been that has dawned upon us to treat it as a gift from God. And then take that gift and use it for His glory and give that back to Him. Well, in just a few moments, we're going to have the invitation after the prayer. And I'll be here at the front to pray with you about your decision. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we just praise you for who you are and we thank you for this fantastic day that you've given us. Thank you for these decisions that are being made even now. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for those who are are making these decisions for your glory, for your honor, without any self-interest whatsoever. And we want to be very careful to give you the praise and the glory for what's about to transpire. Thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.